welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. As we've done from time to time in this podcast, we're going to do a short guided meditation in the practical application part of this episode. You shouldn't listen to this part of the episode if you're driving or operating heavy machinery. Okay, so let's talk about the verse now. Verse 50, practicing immortality. Humans come and go, their bodies as the seed of life their bodies as the seed of death. Humans get old and decay. Why is that? It's because they are already dead but think that they're living. There have been stories told and written about people who had found true life and wandered around the earth, not afraid of tigers or rhinos, those who avoided weapons and violence and lived in harmony with all creatures. Therefore, no creature felt threatened by them, and no weapon could harm them. Why is that? Because they were only living, and that's where there is no room for death. That's verse 50 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Anonymous. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about the circle of life, and part two talks about participating and knowing immortality. (laughs) That's some heavy stuff, eh? (laughs) Okay. All right, so part one is basically saying, um, hey, look, you're born, you live, and you die. That's pretty much what it says. Um, 
And it's just the natural way of things, right? So, you know, we give a lot of credence to our lives, right? We give a lot of consideration and a lot of emotions to the birthing moment and the death moment. And, okay, that's fine. We're human and we experience these things and that's great because we're participating in life, right? But sometimes, don't we kind of just wonder well, what's the point of it all? Like, why are we here? Like, why are we supposed to like experience this? What's the reason? All that kind of stuff. Well, for me, I asked that question a lot when I was growing up and even until recently. But I found out that the actual question that I should be asking is how can I take advantage and how can I participate? So to me, asking what is the meaning of life is actually an irrelevant question because of this cycle, this ongoing thing that, you know, we're a part of this ever constant, always on, ever in motion Tao, right? And so the question for me becomes, okay, well, if that's the case and I change forms all the time, then what should I do? How should I take advantage of all the experiences I can have in this form. So that's part one, just talking about that circle of life. Now, part two says, okay, well, this is what it looks like whenever you do participate in life and the immortality that is inherent in every life. Okay. So dude, what, what are you doing, Dan? You're saying, you're saying, Hey, you're born, you live, and then you die. And there's no point. (laughs) And and then you, now you're telling me that we're immortal. Okay. Like, have I lost it yet? Um, well, you know, in my defense, I'm just telling you what Lao Tzu is saying. (laughs) Um, okay. So the idea is this. If we can take a step back from that whole, from the whole cycle thing, right? Like we're born, we live, we die. And if we ask ourselves, what can we do to participate? At some point, we kind of realize that, hey, wait a minute, this thing is going to repeat over and over and over again. Like life uh, happens, right? And life is this continuous, always on, ever emotion cycle. And if we're a part of it, then we don't die. Like our essence doesn't die. The Tao doesn't die. We go on infinitely. And so when we are in corporeal form and we realize our immortality, that's when we realize, hey, wait a minute, you know, like I suppose bullets and and swords can like shred my biologic form, right? But do they really shred that essence that is me? No, they don't. Even if I wanted them to, I can't, I can't allow somebody to like carve up my essence. You know, um, I give a good effort to carve up my own essence by embracing agitation and negative feelings and thinking that things are, you know, just negative and everything like that. But still, despite my best efforts, those things remain. Now, there are consequences to me living a negative versus a positive life for sure. And, you know, harmony with the Tao is more like, you know, embracing the positive and, 
you know, just accepting things for what it is and, and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely get a choice for the quality of my experience. And when I'm in touch with my immortality, I just realize that, okay, like there's nothing really that can hurt me. So that's a great place to stop. So to wrap up, let's remember that verse 50 has two parts to it. The first part talks about the circle of life. And the second part says, well, participate and no immortality. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 50 again. Humans come and go, their bodies as the seat of life, their bodies as the seat of death. Humans get old and decay. And why is that? It's because they are already dead, but think that they're living. There have been stories told and written about people who had found true life and wandered around the earth, not afraid of tigers or rhinos, those who avoided weapons and violence, and lived in harmony with all creatures. Therefore, no creature felt threatened by them, and no weapon could harm them. Why is that? Because they were only living, and that's where there is no room for death. Let's take a look at some of the things that this first made me think about today when considering practicing immortality. There are two things. One is death and life. And two is immortality. Death and life. Okay. First off, let's talk about some of the other translations of the Tao Te Ching for this verse. In the Lin Yutang translation, he talks about the 13 organs of life and death. And the footnote says that they're just referring to Han Fei's four limbs and nine external cavities. There's been another interpretation of this technicality where some people talk about three-tenths of something. And still other translations talk about 30% of the people talking of life, 30 talking of death, etc. In any case, I feel that we can safely overlook the technicalities so we can get to the message that life and death are inextricable, two sides of the same coin, two poles of the magnet, an integral property of the Tao. I know this. And to a certain extent, I deal with it all right enough. I mean, I know that Dan won't be here forever. I will die. <laughs> it somehow feels a little better to openly acknowledge that. But it does make me uncomfortable, to be honest. My pets will die. My spouse will die. Are we feeling a little morbid yet? I guess my question is, why would I feel morbid? Why do I feel the need to put off dealing or even deal with this notion that death is a time of loss and sorrow? It's weird, right? Because we have this very short and temporary event called birth, where we transition from not a thing to a thing. <laughs> and then there's some time. Sometimes it feels like a lot of time, and sometimes it feels like a very short amount of time, depending on where you're looking, which is life. And then... There's this transition when we go from being a thing to not a thing again. 
so I guess it would make sense to only deal with it when the situation arrives. What's weird for me is all the feelings that are involved in both events. At the beginning of life, there's what we call joy. And at the end, there is what we call sorrow. As an unintentional thought experiment once last year, I delved into what sorrow from death was really about. I read about someone's cat dying and having, you know, um, I'll admit it, five cats myself. (laughs) I was emotionally affected. It was a total surprise, but there it was. I couldn't stop imagining what it was going to be like when my beautiful kitties passed on. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to outlive them. Not guaranteed, of course, but still, all else being equal, I'll be here after they're gone. Wanting to allow and explore this feeling, I let the scenario take shape in my mind and in my heart. I allowed myself to feel like one of them had really died. I experienced a welling of tears in my eyes and a feeling in my chest. An intense feeling that made the tears come out faster. And it seemed that as I pictured my little buddy in my head, this feeling intensified. Observing this curious set of circumstances, I realized that for all my life I had called this feeling sad. Only it didn't feel that way once I looked at it. Tempted though I was to call it that and move on, I took in the combination of stuff, the thought, the feeling, the action of my tear ducts, and I looked at what was really going on. I was appreciating the life of my baby kitty. I was appreciating how much joy has been in my life since he was born. I was feeling a sense of profound gratitude for the time that he and I have shared together so far. (laughs) So, no sorrow, no loss, no anything of what we might call bad feelings. Just really, really intense feelings of appreciation. And that got me thinking about this whole life and death thing. Like, maybe the same would hold true for people. I tried the experiment with a human this time, and I found that, though more complex, that deep appreciation was the emotion that was present. So, we're born. Others are excited about all the things we'll experience. There, too as an appreciation for life, isn't there? We live. We experience cool things, not so cool things. We realize that we're here to participate, to take it all in. And, at some point, it's time to move on. So we die. (laughs) And now, the moment I've all been waiting for my entire life after this little summary, my question is, what's the point? Another way to put that might be, what's the meaning of life? (laughs) Well, after experiencing the Tao for a short time and after the thought experiments of death, and then after asking that same question, I came to the realization that it's not really, for me, the right question to be asking. It's irrelevant to what I want to know. I'm subject to this cycle like everyone and everything is. 
Maybe there is no point. Maybe the experience is the point. Maybe participating in all of this is what I'm to do. Do you remember that we've gotten comfortable with the idea of immortality as expressions of the Tao? If I'm the Tao, you're the Tao, the chair, the rock, and the tree are the Tao, then all we do is change form constantly. Without the concept of linear time, we would also be changing form instantaneously. And we would, in fact, be many things and no things at once. So assigning this idea that there must be a reason why we're alive, that there must be an end state, doesn't really make sense after we consider that, does it? Perhaps the right question, instead of asking what we're supposed to do, (laughs) is to ask, how may I take advantage of this precious opportunity to experience the Tao in this form? How may I appreciate that which I find interacts with me during my short stay in this form? How might I participate to the fullest extent possible, taking the seemingly good and the seemingly bad altogether, not judging, not resisting, but participating, welcoming, embracing, and appreciating the beautiful way in which the Tao manifests right now? For me, that's the right question. The beginning of life and the end of it, inevitable, are such small blips on my time scale, so now they seem insignificant. (laughs) What seems more relevant is my experience in this form. Immortality. Now, let's have a look at immortality. But wait, we just got done talking about the inevitability of death. So what's all this living forever stuff? (laughs) That's something I would have thought before I started feeling the Tao. Well, hidden in plain sight, seemingly boring, seemingly nonsensical, this quality of immortality is so right there in front of us that I commonly miss it. Like it happens to, I don't know, pretty much all of us at one point or another. And for those of us that are thinkers that need to understand and know how things work, it doesn't come as easy, this notion of immortality. Which is fine. We've all got our individual paths that only we can walk. Of course, we don't have to walk it alone, but we do have to do the actual walking. So, let's unpack this immortality thing a bit. Do you remember in verse 42, we talked about that whole one and one equals three thing? We use the example of the lava lamp. Once we were comfortable with this idea, we looked at our own consciousness as the one that gives birth to thought, feelings, and actions, and those carried out by my corporeal form. And those things, creating that thing we just got done talking about, is our life experience. If we're able to sidestep that whole what's the meaning of life question and allow the participation questions to take center stage, then the rest of this verse falls into place. Lao Tzu says in the second part, There have been stories told and written about people who had found true life and wandered around the earth, not afraid of tigers or rhinos, those who avoided weapons and violence, and lived in harmony with all creatures. Therefore, 
No creature felt threatened by them, and no weapon could harm them. Why is that? Because they were only living, and that's where there is no room for death. So what's it mean to be unscathed on the battlefield, impervious to weapons? Like swords and bullets literally can't destroy me? No. There are laws of physics, and so they'll destroy my biology for sure. <laughs> but they can't touch my experiences. The swords and bullets can't do anything to destroy the impact that I or you have made on others around us. Rhinos and tigers, or bullies, or people that have abused you, or natural disasters. None of those things, if you are in possession of the Tao, can affect your inner nature. So we're talking about non-corporeal immortality here. And it's quite simple. We are expressions of the Tao. The Tao is infinite. Therefore, <laughs> we are infinite. Of course, I always forget this. My senses and the life I live have a keen way of pulling me back into thinking that this is all there is. But there are times when I can remember, in morning meditation mostly, that despite being biologic, I am part of something way bigger than I think. And sometimes I can take this with me when I leave my dwelling and interact with the world. In those moments, I gotta tell you, everything looks different. Cars on the road are funny. <laughs> the seriousness with which we carry ourselves seems funny. Money is... I don't know, this fake concept that everyone's decided to go with because it's easier than carrying heavy metal around. <laughs> the illusion is displayed in front of me, available for everyone to see, and yet it is safely ensconced behind a transparent veil. And then I realize that I'm the one creating the veil by separating from it too. <laughs> and I go back to that whole just participate thing. It's a trip for sure. I would encourage you to try this out, if only for a thought experiment. Take a moment or two, during meditation maybe, to remember that the Tao of you is impervious to physical harm, that despite your corporeal death, that life force, that feeling inside of you of being alive and that knowing of being a part of something far greater than imagination even, is what goes on to infinity. Then, go interact with the world. Or look at stuff on the internet. Observe everyone seeming to take things so seriously. Laugh a little. Then, go back to participating. So that'll wrap up our discussion today. To summarize my experience with this verse and considering practicing immortality, I thought about two things. One was death and life. And the second was immortality. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of practicing immortality in this verse today. I'd like to invite you to do a short immortality meditation with me. As always, you shouldn't listen to this meditation if you are driving, operating heavy machinery, or in a place where you must concentrate on your task. So let's begin by getting comfortable. <sighs> you can sit, stand, walk, or lay down. Whatever makes you comfortable. 
Let's take a look at her body right now. Is it comfortable? Do we need to adjust anything? That's good. Let's just settle in. Let's ask the Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Let's become aware of our surroundings. How gravity feels right now. How your breath feels right now. We'll do this for a couple of moments. I'd like you to imagine a forest. Lush, green, and cool. As the breeze blows the treetops, they let in little sparkles of light now and then. It's relatively quiet, and you get a sense of peace. Perhaps you can feel the age of the trees as they hold up their branches as they've done for years. You look at and can smell the earthy smell of their leaves from years past resting on the floor. And maybe there are little ferns growing in patches here and there. It's peaceful. You listen a little longer, savoring the silence. And then, off in the distance, you hear some high-pitched noises. At first, there's only a few. But they get a little louder, and... Now you can hear nature's sounds get a little louder. Still beautiful, just more of it. Now you know what the noise is, because by now, there are more than a few of them, and they seem to be coming toward your direction. It's a troop of monkeys. They're having a great time. Just swinging from tree to tree in the forest, talking with each other, playing, <laughs> laughing, just being wild. They're above your head now, and it seems that this is where they've decided to hang out for a little bit. The forest is still a joy to be in, but it's a little noisy for your taste. But eh, you figure, what can you do? Pretty much nothing. So you just sit there and allow the monkeys to do their things. One of them notices you sitting there and climbs down from the treetops to watch you. The monkey's still, just watching. And then, another. In a few minutes, the whole troop is looking at you, observing you silently. They're friendly. They mean you no harm. They're actually really cute because they're sitting there just <laughs> imitating you. And once again, everything is still. As before, you can feel the age of the trees as they hold up their branches as they've done for years. 
You look at and can smell the earthy smell of their leaves from years past resting on the floor. And there are little ferns growing in patches here and there. You and the monkeys are enjoying yourselves, watching each other, watch each other. It's peaceful. You listen a little longer, savoring the silence. Can you feel the energy around you? The living energy of the trees, the ferns, the presence of the monkeys, the bugs. There's an energy there and it feels still. It feels comforting. It feels alive. This is restful awareness. You are in touch with your immortality now. With the immortality of all that is around you. Let's allow the forest scene to fade away gently. There is nothing there now except your feeling of life. Now pull up in your mind a picture of one of the people at home. Picture the last thing they did or said that bothered you. Now, instead of feeling bothered, look for the feeling of immortality in them. Can you see under all the human layers there's a life force exactly like yours? Maybe it seems silly to be annoyed with them now. At work, maybe you're getting the blame for something you aren't responsible for. Maybe you're expecting recognition for something you did. The people around you, are they immortal too? Maybe we can giggle at how we're playing at being humans, doing our best to honor one another in these clumsy bodies and with flawed human organizations. Maybe we can appreciate that despite the clumsiness, we're still doing our best. Now, with yourself, feel that life presence again. Remember how it felt when you were sitting in the forest with the monkeys and everything was still? You felt the energy that was around you, that had been there for a very long time, longer than you could remember at least. That life force is with us always. It is your immortality. The monkeys are your thoughts. They seem to be noisy and unruly. Sometimes they jump around. Sometimes they settle. Regardless of their activity, they are neutral forces that still embody our essence. 
when you do nothing to contain them and nothing to encourage them, they become still. And when they are still, you may feel that which is always present, your immortality and the Tao within you. So we'll just sit with this for a moment. Okay, now let's become aware of our surroundings, how gravity feels right now, how your breath feels right now. Let's become aware of our fingers and our toes. Let's wiggle them around a little bit. A little roll of the shoulders and let's open our eyes. The meditation has ended. Thank you for sharing this experience with me today. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 50 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Anonymous. Humans come and go, their bodies as the seat of life, their bodies as the seat of death. Humans get old and decay. Why is that? It's because they are already dead, but think that they are living. There have been stories told and written about people who had found true life and wandered around the earth, not afraid of tigers or rhinos, those who avoided weapons and violence, and lived in harmony with all creatures. Therefore, no creature felt threatened by them, and no weapon could harm them. Why is that? Because they were only living and that's where there is no room for death. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching, Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.